Hey, you two. How are you guys doing? Hi, we're good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Man, congratulations on Love is a Battlefield. I was that jock that played this when it was brand new from Benatar. So when I first listened to your version, it, it was like rediscovering the song. Oh, thank you so much. That's, awesome. That's really cool. The process of bringing this song together to make it your own, because we always hear Simon Kelsey that make it your own. You guys really did do it. and and But how did you get into it to where all of a sudden it is yours? I mean, we set out wanting to do that. Like, first off, for us, a, a, a cover doesn't really capture us unless they there's something new that you've added to it. You know, it's like they've done such an awesome job with an original. Why would we listen to a, another version of it that's just regurgitated? Mm-hmm. You know, so we just said to ourselves, we need to vajrasize it. We need to make it our own. And it was like, well, what do we do? You don't know. The song will tell you what to do. So, um, I mean, we started actually with a baseline. We started really? more from a baseline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we started um, up in my childhood bed bedroom, and uh, we were just, I was dicking around on the keyboard, and Dave was on his bass, and we were just kind of trading ideas back and forth, and then we went into the studio, our rehearsal space, and with that bass line, we were working with Jimmy, and Jimmy just came up with some beats. Wow. And that's kind of how it worked. I mean, my vocal delivery... It didn't really change. I mean, I have been singing this song since I was a kid. Yeah. And, you know, it's like a song that I warm up to. So I I know this song. But what what was different was I, I had to, like, ask myself, like, what do these words mean to me? Mm-hmm. What did it maybe mean to her? And, like, I think I never fully answered that question. I did somewhat but i think a lot of the stuff that came up in my vocal delivery was you know covid Mm -hmm. like being in seclusion who are we where are we who am i i don't like all the rules that were are not now and i know life is always changing right it's kind of like it's cliche We're, we're always morphing we're always changing we're never static but what we just went through was traumatizing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I went into research when I first heard this song, and what I mean by that is, is that I wanted to know, with this song coming back into our lives, was I truly traveling back into my past? Because I don't like to live in the past. And the research that yeah. I came across was, it's not that we're going to the past, we're living in the present, and a song that brought joy to us is making my now very happy. And that's what I love about this song. It has nothing to do with my past at all. It's about everything that is right now. That's right. Thank you. That's really, really cool. I mean, that's, I think, what it's about. I think a great a great cover does that. Yeah. I think a great cover, you know, carries the thread of the past. There's something familiar about it, but we've there's a new spice, whatever it is, you know, is there. And that's uh, palatable and fresh for the moment. So thank you. I'm, gl- I'm glad we did it. You know, <laughs> you never know. It just, the song tells you, like I said, what it wants. So we don't know what the, what's going to happen. But what, I will say this, when we all heard the first mix of it, I had chills. Mm-hmm. Jimmy had chills. I don't know if you had chills, but we were all like. I had chills too. You know, I, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, to reiterate what she said before, 
my main concern was not making a karaoke version. Yes. So you've heard bands cover songs and it sounds like, oh, that could be on a karaoke CD, you know, with, with the singer of that band, whatever it is. I didn't want to do that. And she didn't want to do that. Uh, our producer Sahaj didn't want to do that. And we all had that, that very, very front brain. We got to make this our own. Mm-hmm. So one of the things yeah. that I wanted to talk about, and you guys brought it up, is that a lot of listeners do not understand the transition of creativity. You talked about being in the in the bedroom, then taking it to the practice room. I mean, that's what, you know, it, it's like when I write. I write in a completely different room, come into the studio. and it, But you have to go through that transition in order to get to that place where you're about ready to bring that creativity to life. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's different stages and, and, and different, you know, songs will come in different ways, you know. Um, but... For me, I will sit in front of the keyboard or with a guitar and it could start from anywhere. It could start from a a mundane, like, let me just sit with the A minor scale and, oh, wait a minute, what's this? Oh, wait, what's this? You know what I mean? And then, you know, and then you have a form. And for me, I like repetition. Mm -hmm. So I will run something, a very, like four notes, five notes over and over and over again and then i'll start adding something else Mm -hmm. and then adding something else and that's kind of how it works for me and then i'll just record it and then it it just starts keeps fleshing it's like a circle like a mandala that you go around and around and around until you go from the outer layers of it (laughs) into the center of it or perhaps it's the center of it with those four notes moving outwards and every song usually uh, comes from that. And then after that is like, okay, guys, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? Or I'm hearing some kind of, I'm hearing a drum kind of like this. And then, you know, if it's Jimmy or previously it was Blake Fleming, you know, what do you, what do you think with this? So do you think I should go here or there? And then they'll just run with it. And that's how it works. I love know? the way that you were talking about circles, because right away I had a flashback of Rick Rush, who says that we're just gigantic antennas. You just got to open yourself up and receive it. And so with you doing Absolutely. that circle, I mean, that oh, my God, that's a powerful little tool. Absolutely. I mean, that's how I think of it also. I mean, I think the best work comes when we're outside of our own ego space and we're just dissolving into some other ether and then we will catch something we'll just catch it Mm -hmm. and then it'll go through us and of course our antennas you know the process of refining the antenna is 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 something right it's all our experience in life it's our makeup chemically it's it's all of this but then there's also this letting go of hearing listening yeah um like i said dissolving but there's another word and it's surrender (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) right i mean even in a live performance if i'm trying to gun something you can see that in the performance it's too much it's like pull back a little Mm -hmm. like just open open up it's a feminine kind of energy because it is it's a receptor receptive energy that you i think must be in 
Otherwise, you're just coming with your ego and what you know. And to be quite honest, you can do that, but it'll be a, it will be less potent in my in my eyes. Well, I think that's where the perfectionist steps in when you're trying too hard, and because that perfectionist is never happy. And if you, you just got to just let it go and just let it happen. That's right, and I struggle with that. Oh my All god! <laughs> the critic, that critic. Oh, it's not good enough. Oh, this sucks. Whatever you know, and and I wrote, I, I create something, and I'll I'll bounce it off of him, and I'm like, what do you think? And he'll if he's if he's receptive to, it, I'm like, oh my god, really? You think it's good? You know, like I'm like, what? And then she'll ask me, but what part sucks? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh man, you should. You're perfect for radio because that's like you'll do a radio break, and all of a sudden you'll turn to the person in the room. How was that? Was that good? Was that okay? How did I do? Let's do it again. Right? I mean, listen, with local takes, I'm like that. I'm horrible. I'm absolutely horrible. It's torture for me. It's not an easy, good process for me at all. It's like I go through this whole upheaval when I'm recording. You were talking about listening to the the very first mix. How long did it take you to take it out to the car? Because, you know, that's the best place to listen to a song. That day. Yeah, that day. I think that day we were listening on all different headphones, on different laptops, with different, like the JBL, you know, like the speakers. Yeah, yeah. The headphones, yeah. the, the car stereo. Yeah, yeah. The Bluetooth. I'll even take a walk through the forest here, and I'll and I'll and I'll let it play through the phone because I want to know how balanced it is, and and does it does it does it irritate me on a, on something something like a transition walk, or is it a, is it a part of the atmosphere? So I mean, you know, it's got to be part of everything. Totally. So I have a very similar thing that I do. Uh, I dance. My test is to dance to it. Mm-hmm. If I can't dance to it, if it if something is weird with my movements something or something stops me at some point i know it needs more work yep yep and then that's when you say okay let's see that was the third mix but let me try something else save that one just in case i mess up on the next one but let's just keep working on it (laughs) totally (laughs) the video we gotta talk about that video because and listeners need to go find that video and really get into it because you guys put a lot of thought into it we always do. <laughs> it's also another thing that we take a lot of pleasure in, but it's also very, um, you know, it 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 wears on us a little bit because we we wanted to have a story. So basically, we we do our own videos DIY, and we'll come up with a story or a concept, and then ask ourselves how do we shoot it. Mm-hmm. So for this one, we actually had a story that we started with and we knew we wanted to do band shots and we said well you know of course where are we going to do this and do we have a live performance and do we shoot at a live performance or do we just you know do we go into a studio what are we doing for this and then we said to ourselves we're seeing a lot of flash right now in the videos and it's not it's too much it's not real. Mm-hmm. It seems like this person's in a different studio from this person. The singer's in a different studio from the guitar. I'm like, why? Like, why are we doing that? And it seems mechanical or con- too contrived. So we don't just, forget the explosions and the and the, uh, the, line, the yeah. Yeah. Oh, monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just we were we were thinking about that, and we said, you know what? Screw it. We're, let's just like let's just do this in our studio and and this time let's have a friend come and shoot it for us so that we're not trading cameras shooting ourselves mm. because we do that you know and that we have done that in the past and we have used iphones in the past believe it or not with the 3.14 video it was all shot on an iphone 
So yeah, we're like, okay, we're doing a pro, you know, and, and all of the Rakala ones, we're, we did pro, we, we bought a camera, we did it the right way. Well, prosumer. Prosumer, <laughs> prosumer, <laughs> right. Because we learned on the fly, of course, yeah. as well. But so so basically we, we knew that, okay, so we're like, okay, great. We've got the band shots and all this kind of stuff. So we shot, um, we shot in the studio and there were two main videos that we were using. So we shot in the early, was it the early summer? Early summer, yeah. Because we went away. In so like June. I think it was think June. Um, or, or, or was it May? Could have been May. It could have been May or June. I'm not sure. Um, and we knew we had two videos that we were working off of. We were working off of, we're like, well, what videos, what videos were, are, you know, are shot in a studio that look like as that look like as inspiration, like what looks good? Like where do, how do we, sh you know, to get ideas for mm -hmm. different shots and all this stuff. And uh, no doubts. Um, don't speak. Don't speak oh, yeah. was one. Of, yeah, was one of the influences for the video shoot. And then, Sinead O'Connor. Really. Um, yeah, and the reason why um, we chose uh, the, the the what was it the close up the, uh, uh, the nothing nothing compares, nothing to, your compares to you was. Um, because we looked back at our videos and we said we don't have close close up shots. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we, you need we're we're too far back, and so we said, well, what's the iconic close up shot? Sinead O'Connor's "Nothing Compares to You." So we're like, okay, how can we do something like that? And so we shot that, um, and then we went overseas and we shot the story for that for the video that we were going to include, um, and. And while we were overseas, Sinead passed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of weird. And weird because, again, we talked earlier about channels and opening yourself up. It was like her energy came to us yeah. beforehand as, a, as, a, as an inspiration right before she left. And... And it was like she went out and when she went out it was like wow that was uh that was just i for me an amazing beautiful uh spice that we had uh you know energy wise in the shoot even though no one knows no mm. one has any idea except now i'm telling you <laughs> but you know no one knows and and we know and that affected our performance my performance for sure um in the video because the way she emoted in the video mm -hmm. was powerful and I, I i didn't i didn't think i could come anywhere near that but she was the inspiration for that for those shots and so when we then had all this footage we sat down and we, we usually edit the band footage first if we have you know performance fo uh, footage and that's what we did and once we edited that we loved it so much we said to ourselves Let's let's hold that storyline for and save it for something else oh, because wow. we, we oh, just yeah. yeah. Wow. So then, and there was something else that we were toying with too. We were toying with black and white footage mixed with color, mm -hmm. and and that was like a Guns and Roses. Uh, I don't know if it was patient. No, no. it was. Uh, 
Paradise City or No, no. I can't remember. It was one of the videos. One of those old Guns N' Roses videos. One which of was the- shot in black and white yeah. or had black and white footage. Yeah, kind of almost like sepia. And we did as a band, we were like everyone was watching it. We're like, which one? <laughs> and we were gonna Dave and I were like gonna go with this black and white kind of color thing into color. And uh Jimmy and John were like, nah, gotta go color. <laughs> and we were struggling through it. Dave said so I, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I had myself an edible and I was just like watching the video in black and white, watching it in color. And then I realized there are things in the color version that get completely lost. Really? Um, like the colors of on her bracelets, the colors of the, of the uh, pendant around her neck. All of these like little micro colors just look like gray. When it's from the black and white version. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, it's a no brainer. It's got to be the color because you just lose all the little tiny elements that make it its own, you know, and it gets basically, you know, grayscaled and and washed away. So, so that was a, that was a, 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 um, you know, a, a, I guess when my brain was just like that. Oh, it was definitely like an epiphany. Like I saw it, like, he's like, oh no, that's it. That's what it's gotta be. And I remember I said to him, I was like, okay, the decision is made, you know, like we know, okay, that's what it is. So, so we ran with that. And that's the version that you see. Now, isn't, isn't this part of the creative process in the way that you've got to disconnect yourself from being the creator and put yourself in a position of the listener as well as the viewer. And and you talking about how you went in there and watched it and looked for the colors. You went in there as that viewer saying, I see something here. I like what I see. And it goes away there. No. And so I love that separation where, you, where you've got to become one of them. Right. Yeah, right. totally. We do it all the time. I mean, it's kind of scary because when we talk about, we craft a story and I'll talk about the character. I'm the character in some of the story, like in the Arcala videos, the the goddess, the red goddess, the, and I'll talk to him and, and I'll say, you know, she, and I go, I, and I'll say to him, I sound completely crazy. It's, I mean, that's schizophrenia, right? Like, like totally like, but no, but you, it's, you, that's what you, it has to be done like that because yeah. you as a viewer, you as a creator, and then, okay, let's put that away. And like now me as a viewer, what do I see? Mm-hmm. And, and, and cause you know, the worst, and this does always happen. The worst is looking at something or listening to something and saying, I should have changed that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it will always happen. We will always want to change our work because we're always going to be in a different place than we were when we created and we'll see something else, but something that you knew at the time uh, that doesn't sit right and you didn't change it. Mm, you know, that's yeah, something yeah. that's like, that's a, that's regret. Right. So who wants that? Mm. So you have to do it. I think you have to, you have to kind of, add, that's the, that's the process, yeah. but that comes later. It doesn't come initially. Yeah. You know, I think you have to at start because then it's the critic will dictate everything and who knows what's going to happen. You have to start with that open frame and then kind of go in mm-hmm hider into the critic after you've already created something so we try to respect those processes and boundaries um when we're doing these things you know music 
video-wise. And the listener really doesn't understand that when, when we do bump into those moments where where we find that well after the, the final mix and has taken place and we hear something that we wanted to change, they, it, it totally disappears from our catalog. It's like, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I don't even, don't even bring it up. I don't want anything to do with it because I, w- there was a mistake. And now I'm, I'm only going to know that song for the mistake. Yes. Yeah. It's huge. It's like the red lights blaring. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, to a lot of people, a lot of people, the mistakes are what makes a song. Well, know? I'm so with that- you on that. Oh, I've talked about that so many different times with different students at universities about how the reason why the music of the 50s and 60s is is still so popular is because they made mistakes and they left them in there. Yeah, yeah. We've talked to Sahaj about that, about leaving certain things in or, you know, just not over-processing certain things. The guitar part in Maya, the beginning of Maya, um, Sahaj was like, I think we should lay some keyboards and kind of like get in. I was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I want that guitar to be the only thing that starts the song. It's like iconic, like that's, and it's a, and it's a response to the, to the Urkala uh, instrumental piece that, you know, keyboard piece that starts. So I, and, and it has a lot more mm, oomph <laughs> and attitude when it comes in. I was like, you must keep it intact. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, a struggle with that, and I think it's a struggle with that in today's music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not over padding stuff. Um, but of course, you know, when I wrote Pleroma, I completely over padded everything because <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, and I'm like, but what if this? You know, <laughs> all these guitar tracks, all it was like a mess. It was like there's no space. It's so dense. Yep, yep. You know, that as you as you learn and get better, you learn that those spaces are 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 important um, to the ear and to to others, and then you can hear some of these mistakes that might be there you know and those mistakes will be color and spice my favorite way of listening to music i want to have enough space where i can get in there and if all i want to hear is that bass guitar i can hear it or if i'm if if i'm listening to a background vocal you've given me enough room to where i can go in there and tap into that background vocal Yes, yes, yes. You isolate. I like to isolate too. I do that often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that with Fleetwood Mac lately and it's driving me insane because Mm -hmm. I'm not even listening to Stevie anymore. I'm listening to Christine McVie or I'm listening to John McVie in the background and I'm going, wait, dude, get back up to the front of the song. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. We talk about that often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was writing Pleroma especially, it was very important that each instrument you could listen to from start to finish Mm -hmm. and they would have their own conversation and own um climax and non-climax it was just i was very deliberate doing that um during the writing process i was less deliberate about that with urkala um because we had sahaj that we're working with and now it's another spice and you know compromise uh in terms of uh artistic uh, choice, you know, so we have more people making the choices. Whereas with Arcala, I'm mean, with Pleroma, it was like I was making the choices. And like I said, <laughs> I really didn't know. I was just going on instinct. So that's so that's that. <laughs> so where can go? Where can listeners go to find out more information about the band? And they well, first of all, merchandise too, because I'm sure you guys have got merchandise. We got to sell that stuff. Yeah, sure. That would be amazing. Um, it's vajraofficial.com. So V is in Victor, V A J R A official. 
com, and all of the links are there for spotify and youtube and you know amazon yeah the shop is there all of it even live shows when yay i like that wow well you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being such great storytellers because, you know, this is what it's all about. It's about the inside sleeve of an album, and that's exactly what we did today. Yeah. Thank you. It's about we all learn from each other. You you bet. so true. Well, you be brilliant, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you.